Welcome to The Experience, sharing insights into the future of customer and employee experiences with Avaya. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Experience, brought to you by Avaya, where we bring you thought-provoking conversations with industry leaders, technologists, creators, influencers, and others who are bringing to life the future of experiences. I'm Steve Forkham, and on the show today, we have David Clark, best-selling author, inventor, and chief product officer for Toolwire. He's here today to walk us through the new and exciting world of modern collaboration and building experiences. Even through tough times, working together is as important as ever. With new technologies, distance has become a thing of the past, and today's episode is all about collaboration without boundaries. David, welcome to the podcast today. Hey, I'm glad to be here, Steve. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Back on the road. Things are good. Yeah. You know, one of the areas of the pandemic that I think got a bad rap is distance learning. Uh, yeah. You know, I think by and large, everybody kind of looks at distance learning and says, uh, no, thank you. I don't want any more of that. Let's get the kids back into school. Yep. But you guys have done a lot of interesting work on fixing that. So first off, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself? And then let's talk a little bit about what Toolwire does, because I find you guys fascinating. Thank you. No, I appreciate it. So if you bear with me, I'm going to tell a, a quick story. So it all started at the Walt Disney Company, the Walt Disney Studios, many years ago. This is near and dear to my heart. Yep. <laughs> I'm a big Disney nut, so this is near and dear to my heart. Yeah, it's kind of becoming the center of the universe. And so this was you know, pre-Marvel and Star Wars, but I got my start there really in experiences. And if you think about it, they're the greatest purveyor of experiences on the planet. And so I, I just love the name of this podcast, The Experience. I got some really good training there in, you know, by Imagineers around you know, how to be creative from technology folks about you know, how to create compelling experiences, the use of story. So it was a great start. And then you know, I got the itch to go back to teaching. So I came back to Northern California and joined the alma mater. I was teaching at Cal. And uh, it became pretty apparent that the best way for my students to learn about technology management information systems was experiential learning. You know, all the brain science says that you've got to get that cognitive encoding, that kinesthetic hands-on experience. So I created a company, like everybody did in the 90s, and purveyors of experiential learning and technology and other areas, and then partnered with Toolwire in the early 2000s and built a thing called a learning experience platform. So the learning experience platform really was a response to how antiquated and old school a lot of the learning platforms were at the time. And, oh yeah, you know, I think the biggest challenge and, and the reason that distance learning has gotten a bad rap recently is people are trying to replicate a very antiquated experience digitally, virtually. It's, mm -hmm. you know what, let's do the classroom online. And that does not work. The number one most effective element of the classroom is the human connection, hard to do virtually. And so what you need to do is you need to reinvent the paradigm and, you know, too much of a good thing, right? So people, like you said, are like, get the kids back to school. 
I think there's a balance there. And we've crossed a Rubicon of sorts now where the future of learning is going to be very different, but it's not going to be all virtual and it's not going to be all in the classroom. It's going to be flexible and hybrid. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. I just was listening to a podcast a little bit ago and they were talking about it was the history of the iPhone. And when Apple yeah. got into the mobile phone business, one of the benefits they had was the fact that they were not trying to take what they had and make it, you know, it, it wasn't iterative. It was innovative, right? They started yeah. with a blank canvas and said, what does a phone look like for tomorrow? And, you know, you, you mentioned something else. I, I think by and large, whether it was because we were forced to do it because of the pandemic or, you know, just lack of creativity, I think we, we you know, did exactly what you tried to do you, or described. We just basically took the in-person experience and tried to bring that into the digital world. You know, the whole concept of schemaphorism of saying, well, the way it is physically, the way it is, the way it'll be virtually. And we're doing that in a lot of different places. We do that in enterprise collaboration. We haven't really digitally transformed. We just change where we meet. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, from a student perspective, it really didn't do education any favors. And, you know, this is where I think what you guys are doing at Toolwire is fascinating because you're taking that blank page. What does digital learning look like if we didn't have the handcuffs of the way it's been done for 100, 200 years of a classroom and a teacher in front with chalkboards? which I spent way too much time as a kid writing over and over and over things that I was never going to do again. Yeah, right. <laughs> I will not put gum in my sister's hair. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that we we didn't seem to figure out how to replicate that in the digital world, right? We don't, we don't <laughs> have the kids handwriting on a, on a video call. You know, I won't do this. A million times, but. <laughs> That's what whiteboards are for. Yeah. But you can copy and paste in the digital world. <laughs> exactly. It, the, the young me today would have loved that. So what do you, tell me a little bit about Toolwire. What are you guys doing that's different? And how are you guys tackling some of these big challenges? Great. Thank you. Uh, so again, I'll, I'll tell a quick story. So about a year ago, I came across a professor, Alex Feltis, at Clemson University, who was sick and tired, really, of the old way. A lot of the universities were forced to go to you know virtual, just like all of us were, and they didn't know what to do. And so the IT department of the university said, "Here's a learning management system. Here's a you know here's a video conference tool. Here's a collaboration tool. Make them all work, and you know, and try and replicate the existing paradigm as much as you could." And so he did that for a semester and was really pulling his hair out. And so. It was really early in the experience builder experience I had with Avaya at the time. So it was really good timing. So I had a proof point in the market, somebody who was looking to innovate. I had a partner in Avaya who was just starting to roll out some cool new capabilities. And I had this rich imagination back from Disney days. So together, we reinvented the experience. We combined all of those things. So the digital platform, the virtual classroom and the collaboration into one experience, he was able to engage with the learners on a kind of a daily basis, which is something he could never do in the classroom. He was able to, you know, the analytics, he was able to track students' performance, their engagement with the content. The forums were blowing up. I mean, the students were really flexible and open to communicating with each other in ways they never did before. And he found that the students started teaching each other. This was 
a hundred student bioinformatics class. So you could imagine wow. <laughs> what that was like. Oh yeah. But you know, the virtual labs, you know, they, they went from wet labs to dry labs. So now with supercomputers and, you know, virtualization AI, you can do so much more in the cloud than, you know, you can in the lab, even in areas like healthcare. And so, you know, he's telling everybody, I'm a much better, he's been teaching for 15 years. I'm a much better teacher now than I ever was before because I'm able to almost orchestrate. I think that's a good word, right? Orchestrate mm -hmm. the experiences among my students in a way that's engaging, interactive, collaborative, and more meaningful. Yeah. I mean, I think that makes it more engaging for the students as well, because it's one oh, thing yeah. for route they memorization to be lectured to. And it's another thing to be taught how to critically think and to find answers and to find resources. And, you know, that it feels like your platform is compounding that drive, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you mentioned experience builders. So that's the, you know, the program we just launched at Jitex. You guys were there. That was awesome. Yeah. You know, you guys are a key member of our experience builders platform. You know, what did you guys learn? Because, you know, education is a, it's not a goal. It's a, it's a practice, right? It's something that yep. you're constantly working on and refining. And I would imagine, you know, at Toolwire, you guys are doing the same thing, constantly looking at the inputs, outputs and figuring out how do we keep evolving? What did you take away from the COVID experience? And what are you guys putting into your roadmap that, you know, you're going to leverage in your roadmap in your coming releases? And how are you going to leverage the experience builders program to, you know, really take us to that next level? Yeah, we have a voracious appetite for anything now, you know, after having gone through this experience for over a year, you know, that anything of I will give us because everything's been gold. And I <laughs> think the, you know, the experience builder program, I, I learned early on that the stool has three legs. And so, you know, we, we had this cool learning experience platform, but it was primarily asynchronous and digital. It, it allowed people to collaborate, but really you know, in a isolated self-paced kind of way, we were looking for that engagement, you know, that real-time synchronous engagement. We toyed around with some video tools, but it just, you know, we couldn't make it our own. We couldn't integrate it into our platform in a way that was seamless for the learner until we found the Experience Builder program. So that's, you know, that's leg number two. And then leg number three was, again, finding a partner like Alex Feltis who would bring the content, he would bring mm -hmm. the students, he would bring the true experience, not experience builders, but experience consumers. You've got to have experienced sure. consumers or else your experience is dead on the vine. And so he was telling us what his students wanted. Avaya was giving us fabulous new technology around video collaboration, the stream, we call it the stream, but that kind of Slack-like persistent environment. We now had people presence. And you think that's a small thing. That's such a big thing where a hundred students can all sense who's in at any given time. They can communicate directly with those people. So via calling, you have tasks, we turned them into assignments. So now we have a sense of, you know, to-do lists for the students. So these are all kind of micro experiences that augmented our existing asynchronous platform we can deliver all the resources, the virtual lab experiences. We have AI-based curation. We have wonderful assessment technology. But again, it was missing that face-to-face -face kind of piece that, and the collaboration piece that Avaya was able to bring. So the fact that we could take those micro-experiences, 
in a way, configure them into our platform, change the UI, change the messaging, incorporate it into our code, effectively. Ours is a cloud-based platform. Sure. And then, you know, do it in a real-world environment, you know, at Clemson University and, and beyond. Now that same professor has created a company and is now delivering it to a number of schools, including the tribal colleges and universities. He's got a, a program called the Austinet Virtual Institute for tribal students. He's working with HBCUs, Auburn University, et cetera. So it's spread like wildfire because it's solving a very, very real problem. And that is the old way of doing things. Yeah. And I think, you know, you mentioned something I, I, I'm really excited about with what we're doing at Avaya. We talk about composability and composable solutions. And one of the challenges that I think a lot of education institutions wrestled with during the pandemic was adopting the the square peg approach, right? Mm. You know, if I want to do video, that means going out and getting a video service and using it pretty much as the video meeting company saw it. And yep. our approach is to basically say, look, we're, to use an analogy, we're a grocery store. We've got a batch yeah. of ingredients and we want to empower experience builders like yourselves to be the, the chefs, to, to basically take our ingredients, follow your recipes and create a different outcome. So you talked about using some of our core ingredients, things like tasks and repurposing it into your, you know, finalized dish. And that to me is what makes this most exciting is the fact that the good technologies are the ones that are transparent, not adopted. You guys didn't just say, all right, so when somebody clicks on a link, we're going to launch the Avaya app. It's the tool wire experience. When people are, are learning on your platform, the technology fades into the background of mm-hmm. the actual work at hand. You know, what do you guys see as next? What, what are the, you know, intelligent collaboration? It's important to bridge distances, but also to bridge different mediums. You know, you talked about your platform was asynchronous. You were looking for kind of that real time. And I think you were touching on this. The Goldilocks zone is in the middle, right? There are certain times where real time is important. There's just as many yes. times when asynchronous is important. You know, what are some of the challenges and benefits to creating these interactive environments that allow for the best medium at the best time? Yeah, no, that's right. And I think the the intelligent collaboration, it's, you know, <laughs> I love it when anybody puts the word intelligent in front of something. It makes me wonder, <laughs> you know, where's the unintelligent collaboration? But <laughs> So in this case, we saw that in spades when we started to migrate from higher education into the corporate, you know, enterprise is, you know, the corporate enterprise, very different animal, right? And they're trying to solve really significant challenges around onboarding, reskilling, retention, very, very big issues. And fortunately, we came across a couple of very large BPOs, business process outsource companies who whose people are their product. Mm-hmm. And I love these companies, these partners, because when people are their product, learning is product development, right? That's actually a great point. And in so many, too many companies, you know, learning is just kind of, you know, number 42 on the, on the budget list. But for these companies, it's really mission critical. And so we were able to bring this kind of new flexible hybrid approach with spaces learning into these organizations, address big challenges like onboarding and, and reskilling and this, you know, multi-sensory, multi-resource kind of approach you talked about. 
And we found all sorts of new and interesting challenges, right, around, you know, all the the security issues with the organization or accessibility is very, very important. And also their desire to learn in the flow of work. So suddenly learning didn't become event driven like it is in higher education, but much more a seamless element of the workday. And it needed to be more micro, it needed to be more AI driven, there needed to be more of a intelligent collaboration, to use your term, an intelligent kind of prescriptive approach. I'm having this challenge at this time. Where are the resources that can help me? What kind of skills gaps do I have? How can I fill those skills gaps in minutes, not hours and days? And ultimately, it's speed to competency, speed to productivity. It's not, you know, passing a course and getting a degree. It's being able to solve that problem, fill my skills very, very quickly. And so when I think about intelligent collaboration, I think about it as being more of a problem-solving approach. And it's been fascinating and, and really a lot of fun to test out this new capability, you know, in that kind of high-speed environment, in that high-stakes environment. And Avaya has been so responsive. Again, as part of the Experience Builder program, we get access to smart people and we brought some pretty interesting technical challenges to the team, things that you know, the SDK or the APIs, you know, didn't do yet, but we're on the the roadmap and they were able to fast track those into the API. They were able to make a few adjustments. They worked with our engineers. And so I think, you know, it does go both ways. And so the other thing I would say is I think our engineers made the Avaya engineers smarter about the different use cases in the marketplace and things they should consider, you know, as they build out the core capabilities. Yeah. I mean, and that's the whole point of experience builders is creating a fusion team that blends partners and suppliers like us and customers, frankly, by empowering Mm -hmm. all of the different cohorts and constituencies to, you know, have a seat at the table. We can create some really amazing outcomes. Speaking of customers, you know, can you share with us what is CX Day? <laughs> yeah. Okay. CX Day, first Tuesday in October, uh, you know, every year. I love it when they give an organization, a group of people who are doing fabulous work 365 days a year, they give them a day. Okay. So yeah. the first Tuesday in October, we're going to celebrate the customer service, the customer experience, you know, people, the people who are on the front lines helping delight customers on a daily basis. And you know, this is a group of, of folks who I have a tremendous amount of respect for the amount of empathy, mm-hmm. you know, empathetic people like to be appreciated and they like to be treated, you know, with empathy. So it's a double edged sword. I mean, CX day is exciting because they get celebrated for a day, but then what happens on Wednesday? I mean, that's, you know, my big question <laughs> is, you know, the day after it's like back to the grind, you know, and so we should be celebrating, you know, the CX organizations, the, the CX folks every day, but it's nice that they get a day. So, you know, it, it, it's better than nothing. But yeah, it was, this year was, was particularly interesting because of COVID and, and the pandemic and just the pressure that's been put on that group. But also at the same time, there's been an outpouring of, you know, of appreciation and empathy to the organizations. We've invented new technologies, we've integrated some of the Avaya CX platforms with our learning 
so that we can continue to improve the skill set of the CX folks. And, Mm -hmm. you know, as they continuous learning, right? So as they build out new skills, they can move up in the organization, make more money, have a more rewarding career. So, you know, we're investing in them as much as, you know, they're helping us. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I mean, I think those folks on the front line, number one, their jobs are incredibly difficult. Mm. I mean, just dealing with frustrated person after frustrated person. And, you know, it's good that they got a day, but they deserve a year, frankly. There you go. The amount of work that they put in. You know, you've touched on this already. Some of the challenges that you've seen in moving from a traditional in-person collaborative project and making it dynamic and intelligent, you know, collaborative project. Can you dive a little bit deeper into that? What were some of the benefits and what were some of the challenges that you had to overcome to assist in, you know, kind of getting to that final outcome? Yeah, I think, you know, it's interesting getting two engineering teams to work together and and the communication, you know, we used it. That sounds like a joke. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Two engineering teams walk into a bar. Exactly. How many engineering teams do you need to screw in a light bulb, right? Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, getting them to collaborate, you know, and and of course, we used the technology. You know, we were all guinea pigs, right? We're using the technology to help build the technology, which was ironic and cool. That's chicken and egg. And then, you know, that third leg of the stool, right? Bringing in Professor Feltus and the students and almost, you know, running through some some pilot programs. And, you know, there were times when certain things worked or didn't work and you needed to kind of, you know, adjust. And we were so, the whole team was, you know, so agile. I mean, that would be my number one takeaway is the agility of the Avaya team and the Toolwire team and the Clemson students and, you know, pulling that together. I think the... The big benefit is in the end, we ended up with something pretty amazing. And and now, you know, he's using it for the third straight semester and again, using it in lots of other places. And we're in, you know, corporations and enterprises now. And all those early learnings, you know, are really benefiting us now. And as far as the community goes, that same kind of learning is being, you know, is to the benefit of all other experience builders, right? So mm-hmm. it's a movement and we're helping other customers. We're helping other, you know, partners make a more smooth transition. And, you know, that's what Jitex was all about. I mean, I can't wait for you to ask me about Jitex because that was an incredible. Let's just, incredible. Let's just go there right now. <laughs> I mean, I did not get to go to Dubai this year. I had uh, other commitments, but, you know, share us a little, a little bit about what was, what was Dubai like other than hot. You know, what did yeah. you see at the show? What were some of the feedback you got? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm working on a story I call the the pearl in the screensaver because, you know, my only experience with Dubai is the Apple TV screensaver for three years, you know, just yeah. watching the drone flyovers, right? Yep, yep. <laughs> so it, it's really, you know, a magnificent, glamorous, sterile place, right? Until you get immersed in it, my first trip. And the thing that really stood so out- So this was your was first the- time? This is your first time in Dubai? First time. Yeah. And so, you know, the thing that really stood out for me was the people. I mean, the people were warm. They were amazing. They were accommodating and they were from everywhere. So I, you know, the melting pot analogy is fantastic. So this is a young city. It's probably the most digitally advanced, you know, young city of of this century. And yet the people, you know, come from all over. And I was, I was meeting people from pretty much all the continents who live in Dubai, who work in Dubai, 
And the Emirati people are really looking to upskill the population in a major way, the digital transformation that's happening, all of these, you know, exciting stories and demos and, and helping problem solve. We were solutioneering right there on the spot. Everybody was so excited about the potential of helping upskill, reskill their call center folks, helping, you know, modernize their university, whatever it was, you know, it was a, it was a really exciting, exciting experience. That's awesome. Well, that's awesome. Well, hopefully we're going to eclipse that in December. Uh, yeah, you guys that's right. Be down and uh, engage. We're building out a playground of possibilities. Beautiful. You know, Expo floor space. And, you know, I'm planning on having Toolwire there to illustrate, you know, the power of learning and training and, you know, the, the, you. the experience of being an experience builder. So, um, you know, I know you don't have a crystal ball, right? I mean, if you did 20 years ago or, you know, five, seven years ago by Bitcoin, right? Yeah, but as an inventor yourself, you know, where do you see the future of remote intelligent collaboration going? Mm. So good question. So I'm a big believer in spectrums and pendulums. So I, okay. you know, I, I, I really feel like, you know, they're when you talk about collaboration or technology or anything, you know, there's this kind of spectrum. I, I talked about, you know, the traditional kind of in-classroom experience to the truly, you know, 100% digital experience. I think the pendulum is swinging, right? It's swaying mm -hmm. all the way from traditional and then with, you know, with the pandemic all the way over to 100% digital. It needs to come back, you know, to the middle, to this more flexible experience. And I think you know, Dubai was an interesting lesson in what you could do to digitize an entire city in 15 years. But you didn't hear me praising the architecture or the metro, even though they're great. It was really, you know, the people, right? So I feel like, you know, technology is going to continue to advance. The, you know, the NYU Sloan School is pretty convinced that the last two years have moved digital learning ahead 10 years. And I agree with that. And I think mm -hmm. collaboration is going to continue to become more comfortable and a little bit more natural. As it becomes more natural, the population, the generation of, of folks who grew up with collaboration, you know, things like Facebook and Instagram are going to enter the workforce. And so they're going to be even more comfortable with collaboration technology. But ultimately, I'm hoping that as the technology continues to advance, we don't lose sight of the human connection and that, you know, CX day, we were just talking about it before and, you know, the importance of empathy. I've noticed a lot of technology companies are starting to hire liberal arts graduates because they understand the importance of creativity, problem solving, out of the box thinking. I applaud that in a big way. And so I think, you know, technology is going to continue to advance on a, you know, a, on an exponential scale, but I really would hope that the empathy and the human connection would expand on a logarithmic scale. Yeah. I mean, that was one of the things that are the key ingredients that Steve Jobs used to say that set Apple apart from others was they, they were built at the intersection mm. of humanity and technology. Bingo. You know, and I, I think that's incredibly powerful. So I would say, let's just leave that right there. I mean, I think that was just an amazing insight. <laughs> Thank you. I want to thank David Clark from Toolwire for joining us, for being a part of the Avaya Experience Builders program. I am really looking forward to getting together in Orlando. Me too. 
I look forward to seeing your solution there and I'll see you at the playground of possibilities. Thank you, Steve. I, I, I look forward to sharing the art of possible with you. I think we'll have a good time. Sounds good. Maybe we'll share something else, maybe a drink or something. Yeah, I would love that. <laughs> big thanks again to David for joining us on the show today and showing us some of the impacts of building experiences through boundaryless collaboration and why the future of intelligent collaborative technologies looks really bright. Be sure to leave a review and subscribe for updates on new episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm your host, Steve Forkham, and this is The Experience, sharing insights into the future of customer and employee experiences. Brought to you by Avaya.